You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Savage Arms and the new 110 Ultralight. At about six pounds, the 110 Ultralight is designed to combat elevation and the elements while maintaining the performance of a factory blueprinted Savage 110 action. The carbon fiber wrapped stainless steel barrel makes it durable and lightweight. The rifle comes equipped with the Savage AccuFit technology, so that means it's adjustable and it comes in a variety of calibers. The 308, the 270, the 28 Nosler, the 280 Ackley Improved, the 30 out 6, and much more. If you want to find out more information about the 110 Ultralight, visit SavageArms.com. Brian Tucker with High Mountain Seasoning is on the show. We discuss his start in processing meat. Roll with High Mountain Seasoning, Complete Jerky Maker, Antelope and their gamey taste, and more. I hope you enjoy the show. You are listening to Tales from the Field, presented by Outdoor Edge. Stories, tips, tactics, and in-depth conversations coming to you from industry leaders. Let's get into the show. Today we have Brian with High Mountain Seasons on the show. How's it going, Brian? Good man. How are you doing this morning? Oh, I am. I'm good. It's a Monday morning, and uh, I'm looking forward to chatting with you. It, it's kind of funny. We talked a little bit before the recording, and it's kind of we we know we know some of the same people and have lived in the same places. Kind of crazy, small world. <laughs> Oh, yeah. They've always said the state of Wyoming is almost like a, a small town versus a small state. Everybody <laughs> knows everybody. There's some sort of connection, right? Yeah. Yeah. So whether, whether it be a good or a bad connection, there's probably a connection there. <laughs> <laughs> I think the one we found this morning was a pretty decent one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so Brian, why don't you... Uh... Why don't you give us a little bit about your background and, you know, how how you came to use Outdoor Edge knives and things like that. Okay, so, um, you know, born and raised in Wyoming. have been a, a hunter pretty much, you know, since I could do it my whole life. And uh was using their knives long before I came to work at High Mountain Seasoning. But then after coming to work here seven years ago, I really got introduced into their whole lineup. Got to meet, you know, the owner of the company, some of their employees, um, sponsor some of the same TV shows, and now actually one of the uh, main shows that we both sponsor, the Love of the Hunt TV on the channel, I actually filmed the pro staff for, so I use a lot of their their products for that as well. Gotcha. And yeah, yeah, and I've been processing wild game privately for people since I was 19, 
and the game processor set is one that I started with, and you know, I've used, I wouldn't say exclusively, because there's several other knives with Outdoor Edge, but at this point, I mean, it's one of those staples that I've got in my setup. So. I gotcha. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny, because I was the same way, you know, I was using their knives, and, and, uh, it's like, man, you know, I, I think the first one I actually got was, uh, was a Havilon, and I was like, oh yeah, cool, you know, Havilon, or saw somebody using it, and then I, I subscribed to Eastman's, and for the subscription, I got one of their free interchangeable blade knives, and I was like, that was part of the reason I got the subscription, <laughs> you know, and I was like, man, this is this knife is awesome, but. I I had I had no clue at that point in time that they had so many other tools in their lineup. And Oh yeah. And and it blew my mind. I went and filmed uh David, you know, the owner in Kansas last year. And I walked into the store and or into their their shop there and I'm like Holy smokes, Dave! You guys, you guys have a lot more than just <laughs> one knife. You know, one of those interchangeable blade knives. And he's like, "Oh yeah, we we got this." I had no clue. So, oh yeah, it was crazy. It blew my mind. Um, so it's kind of interesting hearing you say that. Say kind of the same thing that you had no idea that they had that many knives. Right, right. Well, and there's the game changer. He said, "Don't say." Uh came out with their own interchangeable knife, you know, to get a little bit of flex in the blade still and not having a sharp, you know, when you're in the field or, in, you know, a situation where you need a sharp knife right now. And it's got a backbone, too, where it's not going to be super flexible and keep snapping blades off like other brands. So it's, I've been super impressed with those from, even like their new Razor Max knife, too. It, it was been phenomenal on fish this past year. I couldn't blame them. Any of those, I mean, David and the crew there have definitely revolutionized the hunting knife industry. Yeah, that actually we we can kind of touch on that Razor Max. Um, that that would be an awesome one to kind of dive into because I think I think like we've already covered, they're very well known for that flip open. Uh, you know, like the Razor Light, and there's there's a few of them in that in that lineup right there. That you know, the right. flip open interchangeable blade knife, and yep. I you know. Dave actually gave me one of their their box cutters that's a flip open. He gave me that Razor Max, and I was beyond impressed with the Razor Max. And he told me he said, you know this this might not be up your alley because you're more of a backpack hunter and you like to be able to fold your blade, whatever. Um, and I I still took it with me on a couple of my trips, and that thing blew mm-hmm. me away. Uh, and and I haven't used high end knives. Uh, as far as you know, meat processing things like that, probably much anything like your background and your usage. But man, that thing was that just how well it fits in your hand. It, like it was awesome. I was like <laughs> sold. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't even use it just for filleting. You know, I would use it for deboning. You know, I'm doing either an elk or a deer in the garage, and I'm working on it for somebody. So right up against the you know the spine or work around the ball joint or behind quarter anything like that those blades really really held up you know and with the backbone of the uh, knife itself that it just it gave me that little extra push when needed and that sharpness of that blade it was it was one of the perfect you know knives 
situation that I was in. Yeah, and and I agree there because it was, um, you know, I I I don't fish a whole bunch, so I was using it just like you said, you know, for kind of skinning the game and then deboning mm-hmm. and things like that. And like you say, there was there was flex when you needed it, but but it was also stiff enough that you could get whatever you needed to accomplish done. Right. So right, yeah, it's one of those I highly recommend that any of those new products that come out this year, um, it's a high end knife and it's not necessarily a super high end top. It's affordable for the everyday hunter. Right. And they've got multiple uses. It's so easy to interchange those blades. I mean, they've come a, a long way on, you know, on the knife industry. Should they have folding knives? That's what your thing is, like you were talking about, or they've got sets that you ride around in the back of your truck. Like I've got their outfitter pack that literally does not leave my truck. You never know when you're going to need to, you know, cut a limb loose or anything like that if you're in the back country and you've just got a lot of options there to help you do it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and and like you say, it's just it's the the price point is great for what you're getting. And and the blades are thick enough that, as I'm sure you've probably found out, if you choose to resharpen them, you can resharpen them and they hold an edge really well even after being resharpened, which is, which is important. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Especially because you, you never know if you're going to be skinning something or just you know everyday use that you got to have that edge to get through it and not cause any damage or you know just I mean, keep it safer too. Absolutely. So how, you know, with you getting started into the seasoning and into processing your own meat when you're back when you were doing it privately, I'm somebody that, yeah, I process my own meat, but I absolutely hate it. Like it's, it's, it's not, I'm not, you know, I don't go hunting and shoot something and be like, okay, cool. It's time to process this thing. I'm like, great. <laughs> now I have to process it. So what, you know, I can definitely see the, you know, the business side of it, especially for hunters like myself, where I'm just like, you know what, it, it doesn't bother me to bring my game to somebody else aside from the cost. Um, but, right. <laughs> but, you know, how, how did you get started into processing game, your own meat, and then eventually that rolling into high mountain seasonings? All right. So, you know, growing up, you know, we always processed our own just because, like you said, the cost is such a big, you know, factor in all of that, that we just did it ourselves. And uh, just a lot of trial and error on my part growing up with my dad, my grandfather hunting, and just working through there. And then by the time I was, you know, 19, 20 years old, hunting on my own some, and they didn't want to go as much as I did, um, having the animal to process and not being able to afford it at 19 years old to have someone else do it. Um, just kind of figured it out, followed the muscle group, studied it that way, and then down, you know, tried multiple different seasonings, and I ended up, you know, coming on High Mountain, which was far and above the best one that I had seen at the time, and then just kind of continued from there, got to meet the owners through mutual friends, and an opportunity came up seven years ago, and they gave me a call and offered me a job in the sales department, and kind of worked into, you know, from there, you know, entry-level sales to the senior executive, now to the uh, national sales manager's position, and Knowing that, like with my personal use, has made it a whole lot easier to sell, and it truly is one of the easiest kits you're going to buy on the market. Instructions are so cut and dry that for the first-time user to an experienced user, you're going to come out with a 
called Butcher Shop Level Quality Type Product. That's great, and and uh, you know I'm I'm pulled up here on your guys' website, and mm-hmm. um, you know I'm looking at some of your featured products and your top sellers, and I mean it looks like to me you guys offer everything from make amazing jerky to cook fish and make it actually taste, you know, better than just rubber. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, we offer. I think we've got somewhere in the neighborhood of about two hundred different types. Of- Products, wow. kick bottles, rubs, dips, marinades, bulk, you know, sizes of everything, jerky kits, sausage kits, you know, field prep tools, um, anything, you know, in between. It's, it's usually if there's a, a need or a niche that people are trying to accomplish with a seasoning, we will either have it or we can figure out a way to get it set up. So, gotcha. So, with, you know, coming on to High Mountain Seasoning seven years ago, what you know, what exactly is your role with High Mountain Seasonings? So my primary role is in sales. You know, I work, I do a lot of the big box stores. I do go to a lot of the um, trade shows. Um, I also help with, you know, marketing and media, product development, product testing, um, and anything in between. So it's my background uh, from processing, I've got enough knowledge that I can help a lot of different aspects. And and if something comes up, maybe someone to do it a lot of times, it's, uh, I end up getting the task. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, it's, it's cool. I, uh, I, I'm, I, I'm looking at all this, all this stuff that you guys have and my goodness, you are not kidding. There is, there, and it's, and what I think is really cool is, is so here I am, I'm looking at, so the complete jerky maker kit. Uh, right. For for everybody out there listening, although jerky may seem like a very simple thing to make, I, and maybe maybe it's just me, maybe I'm just not a very good jerky maker. But man alive, have I had some hell trying to make some jerky? Um, <laughs> it just you know it will soak it overnight or do whatever else. And and disclaimer here, I've never tried any of your guys' stuff, so um, right. I'm definitely, I'm definitely very intrigued because, as you know, um, I would assume you're. Are you still a hunter, Brian? I would assume. Oh, absolutely! Like I said, I do a lot of filming for like Love of the Hunt TV. I actually killed a buffalo this year. Oh, that's so cool! <clears throat> yeah. Did you use a bow or a rifle? I used a rifle. That's still wicked cool. That's gosh, them buffalo are so big, aren't they? Oh yeah, I mean it took three. Took three rounds just to finish her off. She, she definitely did not want to go down. That's just, that's insane. Honestly, now now that we're talking about hunting, I don't really remember where I was. Oh yeah, okay, now I remember where I was going. <laughs> um, what I was going to say is like, you know, I've used you know Google and all this stuff to try and make jerky because as you know when you go on a hunting trip and you're backpacking in or even taking horses in it doesn't really matter having some jerky along on the trip is kind of a staple i mean it it tastes mm-hmm. great it adds pretty decent amount of nutrition and protein and it's just it's great to have but the jerky a successful snack for sure exactly but it's definitely not great to have when it tastes like garbage <laughs> <laughs> you know no, that's true it ends up being the last thing that you eat rather than the first thing and yeah it just it looks like with the stuff that you guys offer that um it it would 
it would make it come out tasting good and, and be the first thing that you reach over to grab as opposed to the last. <laughs> right, right. Well, and it's super easy to do, too. I mean, it's one of, ours is a little bit of a unique style. It's not a liquid mayonnaise. It's a dry cure that you put on. And if you're doing, like, whole muscle meat, it's going to, you know, you're going to let it cure for 24 hours prior to cooking it or smoking it. But that, it's, it's super simple. We get the measurements per pound of meat in the kits. Um, one, of our individual, one of our individual kits will do 15 pounds of whole muscle meat or 10 pounds of ground. So it's very cost-effective. We sell them for about eight forty-nine per kit. Um, have your meat from your harvest, and then compared to what you might buy in the store from a pre-made um, jerky that's already in the bag on the shelf, you're going to significantly save a lot of money. Yeah, and you know, like uh, looking here at the the complete jerky maker, it says it's eighty six dollars, um, eighty five ninety nine, <laughs> but mm-hmm. it comes with all kinds of stuff that that in my experience of trying to make jerky at home, I already know would just make it so much easier to make the jerky. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, like, geez. That's cool. Those tools and those kits and stuff that you don't necessarily think of. To, you know, a lot of people don't want to spend $100 or more on a like a electro, electrical jerky slicer. We've got a board that's got a knife in it that's actually made by Outdoor Edge for us. You know, we've collaborated on a few kits that way. And so they've made a knife, two slices of jerky with our board. And we can send a variety pack with it, a internal thermometer, a meat scale, and then a jerky screen for your oven or your smoker. So... Um, basically, as long as you have the oven, you can make sure. That's cool. It, with, <coughs> excuse me, with that, um, do you find that, that the jerky typically tastes better cooked in the oven or cooked in like a dehydrator or maybe more of like a smoker type thing? Which which do you typically prefer and maybe which one's easiest in your opinion? So the easiest one's probably going to be your your oven. Everyone's got one. Everyone knows how to use one. You don't have to find the right temperature settings on your smoker depending on how it works, unless it's digital or just kind of a, a gauge type smoker. And then a dehydrator, it presents its own issues of, for one, getting hot enough to cook the jerky to the safe temperature to eat it. And also a lot of times the dehydrator will pull moisture out of the meat, which it's dehydrating, but it also pulls the seasoning here out or to the surface of the jerky itself, and then you'll get a real salty bite immediately because all that salt hits your tongue the first time you take a bite. So um, a lot of times I'll do it in the oven. Some of our kids, say like our Hickory or our Hunter's Blend, already have kind of a smoke additive to it. Okay. So, um, yeah, and it's not a liquid smoke or anything like that that can cause a bitter taste. It's just uh, some of our seasonings that have that in it that allows that smokiness already without having to use the smoker. Oh yeah, that that definitely sounds way easier. I, I I haven't messed with one of the new age smokers, but my dad has a smoker that we made out of a culvert, and right, right, and, you know, and, and obviously there's no timers and temperature dials and all that stuff, but it's you still battle the same thing. You're still trying to get the wood to be smoking and or coals or whatever you're using, um, you know, to be smoking at the right temperature so that everything cooks and you don't. <laughs> you don't get sick or whatever else <laughs> right and that's just it that's where you know a lot of these guys have spent so much time doing it like your dad I'm sure he's got a feel and knows exactly how to do it and can monitor it you know for the first time home users that may not have something like that that might be a little bit of a challenge to keep it at temperature not too hot not too cold that kind of thing 
Right. Absolutely. So, um, if, you know, if somebody is out there in the field and they have, you know, obviously coming home and eating, using some of your guys' seasoning and things like that to really dress up the meat, what are a few things, maybe some tips that you could give somebody standing over the animal right after the kill um, to, to be able to get that meat back to, to have, you know, to have like the best flavor and everything like that once they get home. Have you ever dreamt of having the true Western elk hunt experience? I'm talking screaming bulls, the smell of pine and elk wallows, a bow in your hand as the herd bull is coming into shooting range. Outdoor Edge is giving away a free elk hunt with Colorado Premier Outfitters out of Steamboat Springs, Colorado, and the chance to hunt with president and founder of Outdoor Edge, David Block. To enter the drawing, go to OutdoorEdge.com and click on Elk Hunt Giveaway. Again, that is OutdoorEdge.com and click on Elk Hunt Giveaway. Now, let's get back to the show. Field dress it immediately. Get those internal organs out. Once the heart start stops uh, feeding on the animal, once it's done, uh, you harvested it, those enzymes that are in the body start to break down and cause bacteria to grow. So a lot of times, you know, you hear the um, term like wild game taste or, or gaminess, or that wild game flavor. A lot of uh-huh. times that has come from, um, unfortunately, poor field prep. So get an animal, get it down, you said, get the internal organs, everything out as soon as you can. Um, if it's not a trophy, which 99% of them are that aren't, that you're going to mount, get that hide opened up. Like I always take, especially like in the, for antelope, when it's 95 degrees outside still in September here in Wyoming, I'll take a knife and I'll open up the hide on the back strap as well, right along the um, spine. So all that thing, all the hide is, is a big blanket and it's holding that heat in and heat is allowing that bacteria and everything to grow to cause that gamey taste. And I always travel with a cooler or two full of cubed ice, blocked ice, just to get it inside the body cavity animal once I've got a field dress to help it cool down immediately. Then I head straight for the house, get it skinned and hung up in my cooler, or some people who don't have a cooler can get it into a like a, a ice or a cooler full of ice and just get that cooled down. You know, and a lot of times people want to show their buddies, oh look what I just did, look at the animal I just harvested, which is great and all bragging and showing it off, but that animal bounced around the back pickup truck or anything like that warmer temperatures is only adding to that gaming taste gotcha that that makes a lot of sense and and i think you know especially especially like a bow hunter right um Mm -hmm. chances are you shoot the animal and you're gonna even even if you go yep that was a great shot aside from maybe watching the animal tip over you're probably gonna wait 30 minutes 45 minutes maybe even an hour right before so right so you go there, you see your animal, um, get your pictures, uh, and and then get the guts out as quickly as possible. Is, for, is kind of what it yep. sounded like. Yeah, that's 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 just something that I I don't know, you know, yeah, because obviously you get there and you're like, man, I really want some good pictures, but I, I as you as well as you know, I'm sure. You can, it's crazy how good the pictures can still be when the guts are out. <laughs> right. Right. It's one of these, uh, it's, I mean, 
I understand one of the memories is the show out, showed off and everything like that. I mean, but each photo just gets quick, get everything taken care of because I mean, harvesting that animal and then eating it, you said you, you want to make sure it's the best tasting that it can be. Right. And the longer you wait to get those out and get that body cooled down is the more higher chance you're um, running to have that gamey taste in there. So with, with, with that, with somebody that is, say, backpack in there, and, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to bone the animal out and do, you know, do the gutless right. method. So as soon as they take their pictures, are would you recommend basically literally just starting to skin it and taking meat off? Or Yep, absolutely. Get your game bags out, get that meat off of the bone, and get it into those bags. Whether you're going to hang it up overnight to let it cool, if you're in you're hiked in camping or anything like that yeah absolutely as soon as you're done with your photos and all that get to work because the longer you wait the higher or the you know more risk you're taking of having that meat start to spoil or turn a little bit on you and uh best thing i can recommend is company that uh outdoor edge and high mount both work with Coolabuck has games that are, an- are antimicrobial so as soon as especially in those warmer weather you get an animal down, you bone it out, you get them in these antimicrobial bags, they prevent those enzymes from growing and will help preserve the meat itself, too. Oh, cool. Them, there's nothing else like it on the market. Yeah, yeah, you'll have these other bags out there that are that are dry bags that work just great, but these have a liquid, like, um, um, formula that they've come up with that bags are soaked in that's going to help preserve that meat for your hike out. Oh, that's awesome. Now, say the name of that company again. Coolabuck. It is K-O-O-L-A-B-U-C-K. Coolabuck. Huh, that's interesting. That's a pretty good idea. Because uh, oh, yeah. obviously, it's, it's, you it's, know. He's a, yeah, yeah, the guy's a meat processor himself. He's actually the host of Love the Hunt TV that we both sponsor. Okay, well, perfect. Yep. Yeah. yeah, so he's come up with some pretty ingenious ideas from a semi-portable walking cooler that's got like a giant shroud with a thick bag on the top of it that every day you put in the garage on wheels to hang their animals into the spray that you put on the carcass or the hide to these bags that are um, soaked in that you know, antimicrobial solution that's allowing them to prevent flies from getting to it or bacteria from growing just to save the heat. That, you know, and that's such a great idea because I, 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 you know, it sounds like you've You've hunted backpack style and all that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, one year I shot a elk in Colorado, and it was it was hot. And I was hunting in the you know the right. lower the lower country. It was like ninety five degrees, and I shoot this elk, and I start boning him out. And I'm just thinking to myself, you know what? I came in here, I did all this work, boned him out. I really obviously it's not like you can run out of there you know right i mean you can only move so fast and that comes into knowing how far you should go and still be able to get the meat out obviously which i got it out and it was fine but the whole time i was walking i was thinking man this you know this is pushing it this meat is and it luckily it was all good so nothing nothing spoiled but having having kind of the the peace of mind that your that your game bags are helping you out man that's that's a really good idea Right, exactly. I mean, because and how many times too? Like when you put the meat in the bag, you then throw the bag immediately on the ground, go to the next bag, and get a little bit of dirt on it or anything like that. And I mean, it's doing you wrong. It's not like it's a light switch that as soon as the animal's dead, it needs spoiled. Right. You have time there, but you want to make sure you utilize the time that you have 
Right. Not wait and push it. Or, and I've unfortunately seen here, you know, down someone has killed a good antelope buck, and they go drive around, show all their buddies for the rest of the day, and this thing is riding around in 85, 90 degree weather, back in the truck, and it's just spoiling the whole time. You know? And then they wonder why, oh, antelope tastes like garbage. It's got that gamey taste. Well, it's because of the field prep is where a lot of that has come from. So. You know, what? how much do you think, you know, because I've heard that when you, say, you shoot an antelope um, and they run 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 and then they finally tip over dead or vice versa, they ran a whole bunch, um, whether it be because of the rut or whatever else, and then you shoot one. I've heard that that running can really add to how gamey they taste. I don't know if there's any truth to that, but I figured I'd kind of wondering what your thought was. Oh, yeah, I believe there's some truth to that. You get some adrenaline run pumping through that body a little bit. I mean, it's definitely going to add to it. Um, it's, I mean, it's definitely a factor for sure. I mean, if you see one been running in that hot head weather or muggy weather for a couple hours or even glass and chasing it, um, you are going to have a chance that that meat's going to be a little bit different because it's different types of hormones and, like, you know, I guess, even enzymes in the body that are running through that animal that are definitely affecting that meat because those muscles are getting used um, and fatigued. And so that's what you're going to be eating. Like, I can definitely see that being a factor in it, absolutely. That take your time, you know, don't rush a shot. And that way you don't have an animal that's wounded and runs forever before you go and retrieve it too. So. Right, right. <laughs> that's never happened to any of us. <laughs> oh man, boy, that that could definitely be a whole nother rabbit hole to dive down and start talking about ethics and and oh, we, yeah. we might be just, here. <laughs> yeah, people get buck fever and they get anxious. They see a trophy or they see, you know, and it happens. It just yep. uh, human nature can take over, and it's not like they're being unethical intentionally or anything like that. You just got to make sure that you're in a good position where. You can get that animal, you know, humanely take down to the best that you have your abilities and then get to work on it right away. Yeah. So, um, kind of, kind of not, not quite wrapping it up, but, uh, kind of shifting subjects because I'm still yeah. sitting here. I'm looking at your guys's complete jerky maker kit. <laughs> and what I, I was kind of curious if, you know, if, if you're taking the field prep out of it, Okay, and let's just say the elk was field prepped, the mule deer, the whitetail, and the antelope, they were all field prepped the same. Um, in your opinion, is is one of those better to eat? Uh, and even even better yet, actually, yeah, let's, let's actually approach this a little bit different way. Out of those four... Is there a specific seasoning you would recommend for each kind of meat? Does that make sense? So, what were those four you said? Deer, elk, antelope, and... I, I guess I said whitetail and mule deer, elk and antelope. I got this. And I was wondering okay. if, you know, since you guys literally offer hundreds of seasonings, um, <laughs> I was wondering if, you know, because as you know, I probably wouldn't take Montreal steak seasoning and put it on fish, right? It just it, – You could. You could. I mean, that's one of the cool things about ours, our stuff. Like, I recommend using our seasoning on other things you wouldn't think of. I mean, I'll take right. our rib rub and put it on eggs. I'll take our venison rub and put it on vegetables. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, you've got a lot of different varieties of stuff in there that you could do. 
I mean, we have people who take our salmon rub and they use it on chicken. I swear by it. So, gotcha. And and it says it's for one specific thing doesn't mean you can't branch out a little bit. Right. And 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 I, you know, because I I I've used the Montreal on probably more things than anyone would ever want Montreal on, but mm-hmm. <laughs> um. But I, I guess I'm just curious if there are a few of your seasonings that people tend to like putting on elk, maybe, or a few that people are like, hey, this has been the best on antelope. You know what I mean? Right, right. So our venison rub has been a big one, especially for elk. And they'll put it like on an elk steak or an elk backstrap. They'll let it, you know, sit on the meat, then it'll soak in for about 45 minutes to an hour prior to cooking. Um, and I know I've done it before, whether you take like a hot cast iron skillet, you, you render down some bacon fat, or you melt a little bit of butter. Then once that gets super hot, you sear both sides, or you know, all sides of it. You get that medium rare you know, internal temperature, and that has been phenomenal for elk, for sure, on that one. Um, when it comes to antelope, I'll, I like to shoot an extra antelope dough or two each year if I get a tag, just to make summer sausage out of them. Okay. I make a jalapeno, yeah, I take our jalapeno summer sausage kit, I add in high temperature cheese, and when I bring it into the office for sampling, it doesn't last very long. <laughs> um, people always think antelope, you know, they immediately get that, like, ooh, back kind of thing, you know, and it's, it's not. It's, it's really good. It's, you know, like to me, if I can, here locally, we have a lot of agriculture areas, I'll try and harvest the antelope off of an alfalfa field versus the sage, because a lot of times what they're eating is going to affect what they taste like as well. So, right. Um, yep, and then with the deer, venison rub the same kind of way, like you said with the elk, but I mean, any one of them are going to be great on jerky. Uh, we do have like a specific deer steak and elk steak seasoning. Those oh. are great. Um, I like make, I like taking the deer and I make um, tacos or pizzas out of it or uh-huh. chili. got all of that as well. I don't know. It, it's hard to pick one specific because any one of our stuff, of our kits would work great for any one of the animals. Right. Yep. Right. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, I, it makes me hungry, honestly, just thinking about it all. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's, doing a podcast at 8 in the morning kind of makes you a little bit hungry right away. So. Yeah, for steak. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, uh, Brian, why don't you kind of let people know where they can go to find High Mountain Seasoning and yeah, and and how they can purchase and everything like that? Because I definitely want, you know, if people are going to, li- if I'm hungry, listen to this. I think other people will be too. So maybe maybe they'll head your guys' way. Right. So, I mean, a lot of times you can find it in a lot of major box stores for sure. If they have them in their hometowns, whether it's Bass Pro, Bellas, Shields, Sports and Warehouse, or their mom and pop local grocery stores or sporting goods stores will have it. But you can also find us on our website too at HIMTNJerky.com. We have any specials we're offering, it'll be there. Uh, we have online ordering over $75 in the continental U.S. It's free shipping. Uh, we have tips, recipes. You know, our entire line of products obviously will be offered there where some of the stores won't carry it. That's H-I-M-T-N-Jerky.com. Yeah, and, and everybody pay attention to that. It's H-I for high. It's not H-I-G-H. Yep. Um, that was right. something it's that... H-I, much more friendly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, hi. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that was something that got me. For, I, I went to Google it and I was like, Oh man, I'm I'm glad I saw that on Google because I probably would have 
<clears throat> spelled it incorrectly in all my show notes. <laughs> <laughs> yep, just keeping it simple. Like you said, we like to feel like we're a little bit friendlier with the name, and then obviously, if people ever have any, you know, questions on products like how to use it, need tips, anything like that, always call. We enjoy talking to our customers. They want to help them out once they have the best experience possible when they make their uh, make our products using whether it's domestic or wild game. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Well, Brian, I, I can't thank you enough for taking the time out this morning. And, uh, oh, absolutely. I, it's, it's been a blast chatting with you, and hopefully, <clears throat> hopefully we can have you on another podcast and we can dive into to maybe some of the, the tools and knives and things like that that you try to take out in the field. Um, I, I oh, think, absolutely. I think that would be a great topic. Thank you for listening in. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. We hope to have you tuning in for the next episode.